Shalom, everyone. It's a joy again to be with you at your Jewish Connection. I hope that this past week was a week where you were just experiencing the love of our Father God in deeper and fuller ways. Today, I have some special guests with me as we connect you with the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, the Jewish identity of Yeshua, and practical teachings to help you with everyday life. Rabbi Mark and Donya Greenberg, dear friends for uh, more than two decades and uh, key players in this end-time revival of the Jewish people and the restoration of the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about keys to having a godly family. Welcome to Your Jewish Connection with Rabbi Stewart, connecting you to the Jewish identity of Jesus and the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Here now, Rabbi Stuart Winograd. I'm here with Rabbi Mark and Donya Greenberg, founders and directors, key players in uh, the Tree of Life Bible Society and uh, this new translation of the Bible, the Tree of Life Bible. You're going to want to get your hands on this at Amazon and uh, treeoflifebiblesociety.org. How do you, how's your thing there? That's your exactly website? right, tlvbiblesociety.org. Just like I said, That's at right. tlvbiblesociety.org, you can get this Tree of Life Bible that restores the Jewishness of Yeshua, mm-hmm. Jesus, and the uh, Jewish roots of your Christian faith. Don't miss it. And for my Jewish audience out here, we want you to know that Jesus, his name was Yeshua, his mother was Miriam, his father was Joseph, and he was the Jew of Jews, and he's our promised Messiah. So check him out. You will never regret it. But Rabbi Mark, I want to ask you first. You know, I know family is very important to you, and uh, you guys have invested a lot into your family. The Tree of Life Bible Project is a family affair. Tell us what you consider to be some of the keys from the scriptures in in having a strong, godly family, raising up godly kids, and so on. Well, our story is a little unique in the fact that the way that we learned this was at the same time we were developing the Bible, Hmm. the same time that we were, you know, we did the New Covenant first, and then we went backtrack to the Torah. So as our kids were getting old enough, we, we started to develop the Torah itself, especially the book of Genesis. So there's a – and the entire book of Genesis is a family story, mm, what right. to do, what not to do. So I'm here to say, first of all, let me fall on the sword and say we made a lot of mistakes, both as a marriage and with our kids. But we decided we're never going to give up. Rule number one, never give up on each other. We all make mistakes, don't we? Yes, we do. And so we we understood that we needed to do a different paradigm based upon the family structures that we came from came from a traditional Jewish family uh, where uh, you see you saw it on TV. Mom was the one who ran the roost and dad was the one that would say, okay, dear, whatever you want. We needed to reverse that so that we were co-partners. Mm-hmm. In other words, yeah, dad is the head of the family. Mom is his partner and their relationship is sacred. Mm-hmm. That's what we told our kids. This is sacred. Which means we wouldn't put our children between our marriage. That's it's right. really important um, to recognize that your children are a trust that God has given you. That's what faith is. Like when you're given a child, that's God trusting you to raise that child. 
but he's trusting both of you to raise that child. And if your relationship's not good, it's going to end up hurting your children. And so we had to really get our house in order. So we started with building a family promise. And we did that when my husband made a very critical decision that he just kept. It's funny, Mark gets a really big kick out of throwing me off ledges. He just thinks it's hysterical to watch me fly. So he's always encouraging me to go higher and to do more for God. And and a lot of women don't have a husband that will support them that way and encourage them. And Mark went so far as to say, you know what, I know this is our calling as a family and God has chosen you for this. And so when he went back into secular work, we sat down and wrote a family promise. What is the orderly way we're going to conduct ourselves as a family if God's going to give us this project to do? Tell us what that promise is. The promise is 16 16 lines. Rabbi read the first one that, um, that, that dad's in charge and mom's his partner and their relationship is sacred. What that means is that nobody gets between Mark and I. Nobody. Mm -hmm. We have a relationship where we treat each other as um, not as as equal partners, but as led by God. And Mm -hmm. I know that when we're in agreement, there's nothing that can stand against our marriage. And that just changed the playing field for us. Then after that, there it goes on. There's 16 more points. Well, we, the next thing was to the kids that each kid has a different and unique calling. That's right. They are specially gifted. Uh, I mean, you know this as well as I do, and and you have to cultivate each one of them. And our job in the calling that we had to develop the Bible, we needed to cultivate all those gifts so that we could accomplish what God has called us to do. Which means you don't favor one child over another. And if and if you go back really to the earliest books of the Bible, right? The, the original sin was that their communication broke down. You know, touching the tree wasn't the problem. Eating from the tree was the problem. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of steps to get to that point, and they weren't communicating. Mm-hmm. And if you go beyond that, then when they had, they had children together, they allowed their children to not develop the relationship that they needed to. And we just wouldn't allow that. We wouldn't put one child above another. We came from homes where we didn't have that freedom to grow you know, but if you if you read the book of Genesis, one story after another, it's the development of how a family grows. And if you read it that way, you start to understand that, that relational equity you put into your family lasts forever. Nobody's ever on their deathbed saying, I wish I worked more. Yeah. They're on their deathbed going, I wish my family knew how much I loved them. Well, you know, I, it, I, it begs the question, you guys being the founders of the Tree of Life Bible Society in this wonderful new translation, the Tree of Life uh, translation, uh, what place did the Bible have in raising up your children while they were in your home, you know, young kids, teens, and that kind of thing? I think that that would be very interesting to hear. And uh, how, how did it work out? I'll give you some examples in the development of this. Mm-hmm. After the theologians came back and said, we are done with this manuscript, then there had to be post-production. And what that meant that it had to all be copyrighted. So as an example, copy edited, thank you, sorry, thank you very much. Copy edited, as an example, my son Joseph had his first date with his wife reading the book of Revelation to each other. In other words, she was had the paper and he had the paper, no seriously, and he had to read it word for word to make sure that there weren't any misprints. Do you realize that our family copy edited the entire scripture and we've been doing this for 10 years? Mm-hmm. Like we read scripture out loud to each other because if you have a missing like, knot. Is this like a daily thing? We you did have it, a certain time you do it? Well, or we've had, how does that work? We've well, had at least the, eight, mm-hmm. eight revisions of it. So, so at least eight times we had to gather whole – we had 500 people 
reading it to each other. Because it wasn't just enough to do the translation, but reading it out loud to each other, you would not believe what's in the Bible that people don't know because they never, It's faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to look at it. Were you doing that before? Oh, yeah, my gosh, Like the translation, were you reading? With every book, hon, with every book, Stu. No, I mean like before you worked on the Tree of Life. No. No. So this kind of provoked you to read the Bible to each other. Yeah, Bible literacy became our main goal. We're not, we're not, you know, most of my audience are not working on it. A translation, should we read the Bible to each other? Is that helpful? Or? It is extremely helpful. Why do you think so? Uh, be- that would be yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's because all the, if you're reading to each other, you're going to pick up words and thoughts and phrases that when you actually read, you gloss over and you don't know that you've done that. And do you kind of discuss things and pray over things well, also? At the, t- at the time, that is something you can do. Uh, while you're doing it for us, we were we were just trying to get it ready mm-hmm. to go to production. Let, let me tell you one other thing. One other thing that happened, we decided to put all the entire text that it's still free on uh, Bible Gateway and U version. Yeah, I use it. Okay, and be- <laughs> such a great But how does it get in there? The way it works is it's actually a Excel spreadsheet. Every verse is an Excel line, and now it's been put in binary code on paratext. Like, do you realize that? We did a Bible translation from scratch, an entire community, under the radar. Nobody even knew we were doing it. And then it got accepted by the grander translation community worldwide when it got put on paratext. Nobody thought that we could do this. This was a God thing. There's no way this could have been naturally done. It was a supernatural miracle. Now, as I understand, uh, the King's University, which was founded by Jack Hayford. That's correct. They use the Tree of Life Bible as their main Bible for all of their students. All their Messianic students. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they it's really important to remember that that as you it's funny, it's not just what you know, but when you know it that changes what you believe. Mm-hmm. That's what people you know, really need to grasp is that as you dig into the Bible in the middle of your life circumstances, your life's journey becomes, becomes not just enriched, it becomes supercharged. It like becomes electrified by God's presence in the middle of your life if you're reading the Bible while you're living the Bible at the same time. You've got to read it and you've got to do it. That's what Yeshua said, right? He That's said, right. he who hears these words and does them, practices them, lives by them, he is going to be like one who built his house on the rock. Amen. And the one who hears these words and doesn't do them, he's like one who builds his house on the sand. And when the troubles of life come, we want our house to be built on the rock. You know, we want to hear the word and do the word. You can't really do the word mm-hmm. unless you hear the word. And you can't really hear the word unless you're reading it or listening to it. So you got to give time to the Bible. And I know a lot of people have a real struggle With reading the Bible regularly, I want you to weigh in on that after our break. But I just want to tell you, you know, when I first became a believer in Messiah Yeshua 41 years ago, uh, the Lord impressed upon me how important his word was. And I often hold up the New Testament to young people in conferences. And I say, isn't that a skinny book? Thin. You guys have read much thicker books than this in like a couple of days. And, uh... So I made a decision when I was a young believer, I was going to read the entire New Testament every week and parts of the Old Testament. The entire Brit Hadashah New Testament every week and parts of the Old Testament, the Tanakh, every week. Why? 
because if I really believe this is God's inspired word, I want to hear God's voice more and louder than any other voice because it is the voice of life. It's the words of life. Stay tuned. We're going to talk some more about uh, the place of the Bible and uh, some other projects that you guys are working on in just a minute. Your Jewish Connection. We'll be right back. Shalom, everyone. Back again with Rabbi Mark and Donya Greenberg. Good to be with you, Stuart. Hey, it's great to have you guys. Longtime friends and key players in this Messianic Jewish movement, the restoration of the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. And we're just going to see more and more Jewish people come to faith in the days that we live in because it's promised and prophesied in the Scripture. And I want everybody that's in our listening audience and viewing this to be a part of it through your prayers and through your love. And I want to encourage you, if you have not gotten a hold of uh, our prayer guide, How to Pray for the Jewish People, go to our website, reachii.org, and it's free. It's a download. Get a hold of it. It'll help you to really pray. If you have a burden to see the Jewish people come to their Messiah, grab hold of it. You guys, Tree of Life Bible, awesome. You are the visionary, Danya, and together you are the ones that push this through to make it happen. And uh, this is a great Bible that restores the uh, Jewish identity of Jesus, the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, and it's a valuable tool for uh, Christians, Messianic Jews, and Jewish people who are exploring the message of Yeshua. And I know you have a Bible app that's going to be really good to talk about. But first, I just want to ask you, many people, many people, and sometimes myself as well, we have trouble keeping with a consistent reading of the Bible, you know, reading it day after day like our spiritual food. We should, you know, really have some every day, don't you think? Have you found some keys that can help us uh help my audience here to kind of stay with it. I think one of the most amazing things you can do to really connect with God's word on a daily basis is to read the proverb of the day. I know this sounds super easy, but realize that proverbs are like fast food. There's just a few lines of them and you can get a nugget that'll last you all day. So when I meet young women and moms who are like, you know, I wish I could do something with my kids. They feel like they have to go and get all these resources. You have everything you need in the Bible. God has got such treasures for you inside it. So what I do and what I've done with my family literally for decades now is I read the proverb of the day. There's 31 proverbs. There's 31 days in a month. So whatever the date is, I read the proverb of the day. Now, if I miss a day, I don't bug out about it. I just go to the next day when I do remember. But I would say to you that I've been reading the proverbs on a daily basis every day for at least two decades. And my children started doing it. And my children did it because... I, would, I wanted to get them in the Bible. So I'm like, okay, listen, I'm, I'm reading the Proverbs today. Just let me know if anything hits you. Is there a scripture like that just hits you? Let me know. And now that my kids are grown, I'll tell you that the wisdom that they get from God, they get directly from the Bible because by the end of that day, that proverb that spoke to them, God will play it out in their life. So daily we read the Proverbs. Then every week we go to synagogue, you can go to church, and you hear a sermon about what God is doing through Messiah in the days around us. But in Judaism, we read the books of the Torah from Genesis 
to Deuteronomy cyclically, week after week, like a journey, all all year long. So what we do in the Bible Society and what I've done with my family is we read the Torah cycle all year long, week by week. And by the way, they're segmented right in your TLV Bible. But we also read about the life of Jesus, the life of Yeshua from Luke through. So in other words, we lined up Luke with with uh, Genesis. We lined up Mark with um, Exodus. We lined up Leviticus with Matthew. Uh, Matthew and then Numbers with um, where am I going here? John. Numbers with John, mm-hmm. and then we read the book of Acts with um, Deuteronomy. with Deuteronomy. So you saying like this is laid out for people? <laughs> yeah, like, like a daily it, reading. Yeah, plan? and we actually okay. do it on your TLV Bible app. So Tell it's like riding app. it's like riding a it's like riding a bicycle instead of a unicycle. Christians read the New Testament, Jews read the Old Testament. Why not read them both together cyclically? Mm. You'll be on a really great journey. You you, you go faster on a bike than walking. Yeah. So. In the Journey app, in the TLV Journey app in your app store, we show you how to actually do that, and you can hear Rabbi read the Torah portion every single week. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing that for years. So weekly we do, the, we do the Torah cycle in the life of Yeshua, and then monthly we do thematic-type things mm-hmm. based on Rosh Kodesh, based on the new moons. Mm-hmm. And then half a year, every half a year, there's a huge set of Jewish holidays. There's the spring holidays and the fall holidays. So when you use those holidays, God's appointed times. God's right. But do you realize that like everything about the Bible, it revolves. The Bible is a revolving cyclical journey as we go higher and higher with God. It's not linear. It's not you get saved and then everything's figured out for you and then you you know try to make it all the way to heaven. It's a daily journey of ascension into God's presence. How does somebody get the TLV uh, Bible app? TLV Bible app. It's right in your app store. It's in Google Play. It's really oh. super easy to get, so and it's you, free. If you about go to for, uh, for uh, iPhone users, can I get that? Yeah, you can yes. get it right now. Like it's huh? in the App Store, like right now. If oh, you okay. search under TLV Bible, you mm-hmm. will find the TLV Bible app, okay. and it is for we have free functions. But very soon, very very soon, this is so cool. Uh, June fifteenth, we're going to uh, provide additional content mm. uh, for subscription. There's a we're lot more. We have content. a live tunnel on it. Okay, so I can get this on my Android or on my iPhone. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, grab a hold of it. It'll help you read the Bible. And uh, what can be better than to, like, eat good food every day, spiritual good food, the pure word of God? I love it. Like I said earlier, I, I mean, I when I first came to the Lord, I was reading it like— I can't believe you did that. <laughs> and on top of that, it's the only— only thing I will let uh, my millennials use in the service. That's right. Preaching. We're very pro using your cell phone <laughs> in the service as long as you're reading the Bible and not the shopping on eBay. It's a skinny book, people. You can read it in a couple of days. So, That's you true. know, why not read it like uh, pretty consistently? And really, the Old Testament is not so big either. Old Testament, Tanakh, New Testament, Bird Hadashah, Proverbs, Wisdom. You know, my name is Shlomo in Hebrew. Is it really? I love That's wisdom. so funny. I need a lot of it because I face all kinds of circumstances every day and I lack wisdom. And I thank God that by his word and through his spirit, he gives wisdom. We need wisdom. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that TL- TLV Bible app sounds great. It's going to be awesome. And it, it's cool that uh, this is a family affair. I remember when we were raising up our kids uh, – 
Uh, the one thing I think I did great regarding the Bible is I, I taught our kids to love it and memorize it. They right. memorized dozens and dozens of scriptures. The one thing I think I would have done different was uh, just you've got to always make it super interesting and exciting because it, sometimes I grinded it into them a little bit, you know. And you've got to make the Bible super interesting and exciting when you present it to your young kids, you know. Uh, because it is super interesting, exciting. Don't grind it in like I did to my kids when they were young. Teaching now, your kids. Can I talk about teaching your kids for just a minute? Because teaching your kids is incredibly important. You are their yeah. best teacher. You are their best Bible teacher. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to teach your own children. The watchword of Israel is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Yes. And you're to bind them on a sign upon your hand. They're to be for frontless between your eyes. And you're to write them upon the doorposts of your house and upon your gates. Everything about finding the doorway of Yeshua is about going back to that Passover. That's why the first month in the Bible is the Passover month. When you are looking for looking for salvation, looking that God would Mm -hmm. pass over, that the spirit of death would pass over, and that you would be able to find everlasting life. And you and your whole household would be saved. And that promise is for you and your family. Hallelujah. Donya, we have a little less than three minutes. Uh, Tell me a little bit about, I heard that you got this new book out called Simply Sacred, that you explore seven truths to help readers jumpstart their faith. Can you give us like a two-minute jumpstart on the book? Absolutely. If you want to know how to teach your children and you want to know how we figured out the lessons of the most basic truth you need to teach your children while they're young, this is the book for you. If you have a um, a young person in your life who's about to have have babies and um, they want to know how to parent, there are certain truths that are unavoidable. And those truths are that your blood should stay inside your body. We are not supposed to kill each other. It's really simple, folks. Love God, love one another. We're not allowed to hurt each other. Number two, you really have to remember that breath and catching your breath is a warning sign. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But fearing things that that God tells you to fear is good. Fearing things that God says you shouldn't be afraid of, don't fear things that God says you shouldn't be afraid of. Fear God and he will direct your path. And then there are other little lessons that kids should know. You know, simple stuff that like knowing God is the journey between your heart and your mind. And getting that journey, um, if you put anything else on the altar of your heart, it's going to pull you away from God. So God's heart's desire and prayer for you is that you would know him, that you'd be completely whole and at rest. One day out of seven, you need to rest and spend with God. There are certain things that we take for granted here in America, like having a seven-day week and being able to worship God and having religious freedom. Those things are promised because they're in the Bible. So let's not forget that what we believe in the Bible is how we order our steps so that we are safe and our children are happy and healthy and in a stable environment. Yeah, thank you. So that uh, book is called Simply Sacred, and where can people get it? Simply Sacred is available at tlvbiblesociety.org, and I'm going to keep saying that until I believe it with my whole heart. I've never written a book before. It's just been all Bible all the time, but some days people say, how did you do this? And that's just what the book's about. Okay, pray for me, because uh, Chantal, because we've been told that we got three, four books that we're supposed to write, and I just like talking, and I don't like writing so much, so... Uh, that's a bit of a challenge for us. You're going us. to do great. You, by the way, Stuart has one of the greatest testimonies I've ever 
heard, and I'm really impressed with how God's brought you to this place, and I cannot wait to see all the people that are going to come to faith through the show. Hallelujah. I really am excited for you. Hallelujah. You can actually hear my testimony. It was episode one. It's archived on reachii.org. And while you're at that website, uh, if you want me to come speak at your church at the end of this year, just contact us and let us know. And don't forget to grab hold of that prayer guide, How to Pray for the Jewish People. It's a free download. Rabbi Mark, would you close us in prayer? Father, we come before you in the mighty name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, our Messiah, our Mashiach, that's foretold by Moses and the prophets and promised to us and our children. So we bless you, Lord, and thank you. Our prayer today, Lord God, is that we leave here as we close this program, that we would walk in your ways, that our thoughts and the intentions of our heart would be pleasing to you, and that we would love each other just as you have loved us. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. Love on people this week. We look forward to being with you next week at Your Jewish Connection. Mm -hmm.